Welcome to GeoThoughts. I'm Drew Bush. Last week on geothink.ca, we brought you a look at how open data and digital technology are reshaping the way cities plan for sustainable futures and how to act on the issues such as climate change. Today, we dive deeper into the changes taking place locally and internationally on this topic. One of the things that I'm most excited about here in Montreal is uh, electrification of mobility in the city. So something in the order of 40% of Montreal's greenhouse gas emissions come from uh, moving people and things around in the city. Trucks, cars, uh, trains to a certain extent, all of those things. And uh, what we're seeing now is a real scaling up of uh, work that's been happening over the past four or five years to electrify as much of that as we can. That's the opinion of one expert who has been studying these issues from his office in Montreal, Quebec. We spoke with him over Skype this month. Alexander Eilert, Professor of Urban Sustainability Governance and Innovation at the Center for Urbanization, Culture and Society of the National Institute for Scientific Research, or the, the proper French title is Institut National de Recherche Scientifique in Montreal. Eilert believes the time has come for changes that make transit, buildings, and energy more efficient in cities. That's because cities can play an outsized role in confronting the important environmental issues of today by mixing a curious blend of new technology, empowered citizen groups, and long-term planning. The first signs heralding these changes are here. We have Hydro-Quebec that's setting up um, uh, what they call the Route Verte, of, uh, or Route Bleue, I think, uh, of publicly accessible charging points. And it started off with, uh, with like two, three, four, five, you know, and now we're aiming for a few thousand in the city within the next couple of years. And we're seeing the launch of things like Teo Taxi, where there's going to be, I mean, their, their plan is by, if I write about their deadlines by next uh, December, to have something like 2,000 new electric vehicles on the roads of Montreal. So a big private uh, player dramatically increasing the number of electric vehicles that we've got on the roads, similar action happening in big players like Communauté. Such changes are not purely financial. Cultural shifts have occurred before in Montreal. Not long ago, when the city began planning for the introduction of Bixie bike sharing, they didn't tinker around the margins. Instead, they created many more bike paths that were safer for riders and that have since been adopted by many residents. On environmental issues like climate change, a similar transition may soon take place. We'll see gas-burning vehicles sort of being retired. New institutional players, like taxis, for example, buying electric. Private citizens buying electric, but also private citizens realizing that the increased convenience of smart taxi services like Uber and Teo and Cartago and uh, other car sharing networks means that people don't need to have a private vehicle in a lot of cases anymore. People who are sort of on the borderline zone of needing a car regularly, but not every morning for their commute, uh, I think will be in a position to just actually abandon the private automobile in favor of convenient access to different uh, mobility providers. Such changes would bode well for those who would see Canada reduce greenhouse gas emissions, or GHGs. 
More cooperation is needed between actions taken by cities and those being coordinated on national and international levels. The 2015 Paris Agreement and the prominent role of cities in it means such a future is not just possible, but likely, according to Eilat. Coming out of COP21, what we have is a much more open understanding of the fact that cities are a critical partner for states, provinces, and national governments. And I think and this is why it's such an exciting period right now, like particularly this next sort of six months, I think that what we should be seeing is more effective partnerships between those different players, more funding uh, coming down, especially in Canada, given the commitments that our government has to fund our urban infrastructure projects, spreading from city to city to city, uh, effective interventions into different aspects of our urban environmental footprints. That's fantastic. In a future where cities help solve climate change, different cities will each contribute a piece of the solution. In Montreal, it may be innovations in transport technology and the manner in which individuals book transit. Vancouver may continue leading in green building efforts that incorporate reach codes, so each step in efficiency serves to enhance the next. And Toronto may utilize new models and data to better plan where to locate parks and green roofs. Some technological changes will undoubtedly allow citizens to contribute their expertise and opinions to solutions, while others will focus on overcoming small barriers in daily life that could have a dramatic impact on environmental issues such as climate change. Basically, we're talking about reducing friction and reducing barriers to use, right? Where uh, the simplicity of jumping in your car and driving somewhere, even if in the end it creates congestion, it's an unenjoyable experience, um, it's a, uh, almost a knee-jerk reaction for some people because it's so simple. And the, the public transit in some situations is more complex because you need to transfer. You need to use, maybe you need to use Bixi and the Metro and the bus. So, you know, things that are, um, when you look at it, seem more complicated. But having an interface like Transit App that just lays it all, all out for you means that from a user point of view, it reduces the barrier to switching from one type of behavior, driving your car, to another type of behavior, which is getting there by any other you know, uh, means of mobility. And the next phase of that, and this is something that we're seeing already being considered in some places like Singapore, for example, is uh, just to stop charging people for individual modes of transportation and start charging people for reaching their destination. And so the difference would be you open up your app, for example, and you say, I'm here and I need to get there. And the application uses uh, smart open data about different modes of transportation to calculate for you a couple of different routes and charges you for the route. And so you just pay to get from your house to, um, to school or from your house to work or from your house to uh, the art gallery. But that's not all. New information technologies and open data platforms have a habit of helping citizens to organize to solve problems. Environmental issues like climate change are no different once the right data sets and support are in place. If you want to start talking about how you can manage a community energy transition, having good online platforms that are a tool that's used in public mobilization and engagement strategies makes it possible to be more effective at the local level, but also then to scale up quite well from local action to action in other local areas, either in the same city or in other cities. 
Alet believes that such network communities can bring together individuals who may have never known each other on topics of mutual concern. Such collaborative work can lead to a snowballing effect where changes to how cities respond to environmental issues may someday become inevitable. GeoThoughts are brought to you by geothink.ca and generous funding from Canada's Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council.